you. Uh, okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch Buster. Extraordinaire. <laughs> Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Live from the Auction Community Studios on this Friday morning is the Wolf and Luke Show. I'm Luke. Wolf, you're what? back. Yeah, what's up, Luke? Yeah, you know what? Uh, I'm sorry, Basarnians. A little 24-hour, you know, it just kind of, well, I was beat down, basically. Just exhausted. It's a long story, but I am back, and I'm ready to broadcast. Are you ready? It's Friday, baby. Party. Do we have any music? Does Command and Control wish to fire something off right now? No, of course not. We- <laughs> You know what, Andrew honestly, WK I did not up. even prepare command and control for any of this, and there they are. They are ready to respond. It is Party Friday on the Wolf and Lope Show. Here we go, baby. What do you want to do, Luke? You got a different, big weekend planned? Different. Hey, there's no... Uh... There's no Coyotes games this weekend. Anything goes this weekend. Look, you hit the post. It's like the only post in this song, too, because now it's just every <laughs> instrument at once for four straight minutes. What's up, Basinonians? Yes, indeed, the Wolf and Luke show. Ready to broadcast here on this. <laughs> Turn it up wherever you may be. It's Friday, and we all know what that means. The weekend is upon us. Cannot wait for that. Who is this, by the way? Andrew WK. Andrew, see, look at you. You're oh, all I know that, right but I do. You know it. Uh, Andrew WK. He has another song, and I forget what it's called. His other song is basically this same beat, just with different words. Okay. I know it's a, it's Friday and we got that out of the way. That felt good. That was not planned whatsoever. Command and control <laughs> was say. just all over that right there. Yeah, and all of a sudden you fire that sound off and you just got a party, lose your mind for a little bit. Where are we going in this beautiful Well, I just want to, again, I just I feel like as a public service, just be prepared. And I know we are preparing because there's people like greasing up telephone poles that Philadelphia fans are going to be here. Oh, no. Just be ready right. for that. I don't right. know. You don't really have to prepare for Kansas City fans. Are they going to bring some barbecue? Philadelphia fans, anything goes, so get ready. Yeah, fans uh, fans are fans, uh, unless you're in Philly. Okay, that's <laughs> all I'm going to say. Fans are fans, unless you're in Philly. I, I said it before, I'll continue to say it. The only thing that separates fans, for the most part, uh, is basically what they throw. Well, you know, <laughs> is, it, is it better for us if Philadelphia wins or if they lose? Just in terms of the fan yeah. footprint on the city when I they're here. hope they win. Okay. You know? Okay. Otherwise, uh, the, the angst will be tremendous, of course. <laughs> well, if they win, though, man, that team might be really good for a while. Yeah. It's uh, just, it's kind of like you're out, you know, you're in San Francisco, and all of a sudden somebody throws a hamburger at you. You know, it's, you know, it's still pretty they're throwing something at you. But, yeah. And the further you move east, the harder the objects become and the larger they typically <laughs> become and more dangerous they become. So by the, by the time you hit Philly, you're getting a D battery right off the helmet. Yeah, not even like a AAA. And that D. happened. No, no, it's, to I, me. I know. Oh, it happened to you yeah. specifically? Yeah, oh, no. yeah. As a rookie, happened to me. And it was a good thing that I had a veteran who said, Rook, put that helmet on. We're coming out. This is, this is, vet, this is the vet. Yeah. Veteran Stadium. Are you kidding me? Don't walk out into the tunnel without your helmet. Bang. K 
kid you not, right off the helmet. They are different. Um, here, let's get to this, which I am taking. By the way, if you're from Philly and you're listening, what's up, bro? <laughs> you think they're here yet, or you think it's going to be? They're probably getting here today, honestly. Man, why wouldn't you? If you're, if you're why wouldn't you? Here, because hotels cost like $1,000 <laughs> well, in Glendale right that's now. that's all right. Some people have got that kind of change. Some people do. Yes, they do. But I wouldn't say every Eagles fan Well, does. of course not. I yeah. wouldn't say I do. Okay. I mean, some of these hotels are like $2,000 a night, and they're not anything special. Hey, listen, a lot of these fans are already living in a city where housing's ridiculous. True. So, so there you go. What's the difference? Uh, speaking of ridiculous, did you see this from Ian Rappaport this morning? I know you did. This is more rhetorical and directed at the audience, okay? The Broncos. Remember the Broncos? Yes. Yeah. They have requested to interview uh, Steelers linebackers coach and senior defensive assistant Brian Flores for their defensive coordinator position under Sean Payton, source said. Okay. Thanks, Denver. Sean Payton. Sean Payton, who's the head coach for the Denver Broncos. Now, you're saying that they want to interview Brian Flores as their defensive coordinator. What else do you want, Denver? Is there anything else we can give you? What happened to Adjuro? What happened to him? I don't know. Denver, (laughs) their defensive coordinator, of course. Um, maybe he's going to interview him as well. So you're saying Brian Flores may interview as a defensive coordinator for the Denver Broncos and Sean Payton. I'm going to take that base earnings and I'm going to put that in the negative column. That's what I'm going to do. Column's getting pretty big this year. I'm going to put it in the negative column right now because I was kind of hoping that maybe Brian Flores would be the next head coach for the Arizona Cardinals. Once again, was I sitting in the room when he was interviewing? No. I have no idea. Wow, that would be awkward have if you were. bombed that interview. He may have bombed it. But again, um, when you're sitting outside and you really have no information, all we can do is look at what kind of information comes our way in regard to Brian Flores. And right now, I don't know him. I wasn't sitting there. He, I, I didn't hear any of the, the questions he was answering. Yet at the same time, yeah, I thought he might be the anvil in which you could shape and mold Kyler. But do you, do you maybe think he's not. This we, is a negative. We need to just go ahead and annex the Grand Canyon over to Colorado, too. Is there anything else they need to take from us? I mean, yes. there were, there were three coaches. You're not going to go back with the Peyton Manning thing. Are you going to go back? I don't even care the about the Manning okay, thing. Good. No, but there You're were three coaches. That, right? Yes. There, there were, uh, <laughs> even though I'm not. No, I'm kidding. All right. <laughs> there were I'm three just, coaches at the start kidding. of this search, which felt like it was 180 days ago, that I wanted. And one of them went back to Dallas, and one of them went to Denver, and now Denver's trying to take the other one, too. Yes. Okay, you know, again, it comes down to getting the right guy. You've got to get the right guy. I I don't know. I don't know if Brian Flores is the right guy. I like all the stuff that I hear from Brian Flores. I love the fact. I thought he got a raw deal, as a matter of fact, down in in Miami. I know he got a raw, raw deal in Miami. That, for me, at least when I look at it, he got a raw deal. But... Um, he is. He's an old school guy in a new school rapping, if you will. He knows how to reach some young guys, and yet he's got old school beliefs and philosophies. And he's a defensive-minded head coach, and I love that. And you know the reasons why. Separation, of course, with your quarterback. Plus, being able to reach a lot of the young guys that are on your defensive side of the ball that are, are guys that need to get better. And he could reach him. And then just the mentality overall of a defensive-minded coach. It's always been way more physical to me in general, generally speaking, 
than an offensive minded he's, coach. Uh, he's eight and one in his last nine games as a head coach. So when I don't know what you're talking about when you say you think he got a raw deal. How many coaches are in this coaching search that are eight and one in their last nine games yes, as a head coach? Exactly. So you're being a little facetious. Very right facetious. Just yes, I don't know why I don't just course. get the Flores thing done. Here's Mike Florio, not Flores. Florio on with Bickley and Murata this morning. They asked him, um, you know, who at this point do you think it'll be? Someone I trust told me two and a half weeks ago to keep an eye on Brian Flores as the potential head coach because he would help the team in a variety of ways. Football, exact opposite of Cliff Kingsbury, and we see time and again. Teams that fire a coach look for a guy who, from a personality standpoint, is the exact opposite. You need some tough love for Kyler Murray to get the best out of him, and that's what Brian Flores would bring to the table. Also, again, the fact he was 8-1 and in his last nine games. <laughs> now, you can you can very rightly point out that he started, that Miami started that season miserably. They were 1-0, and and then they were 1-7. and But it's not like this guy had been a coach for 12 years, and they were, I think that was his second Second or third year as, as a head coach, like he was beating Belichick every time they played in that, and they were in that division, so they were playing twice a year. I just remember when he got let go, everybody, us included, was like, "Well, that's that's one of the first names that's going to get picked back yeah. up as a head coach." And uh, maybe the Cardinals don't want him. Yeah, I once again, it kind of appears that way. If you're look, if you're looking at this story in regard to Brian Flores being the next head coach for the Arizona Cardinals, you're wondering. Why would he go up there and in an interview for a defensive coordinator position under Sean Payton? You know, if he was being offered the Arizona Cardinals head coaching job, I think this right now. First of all, the Cardinals aren't going to do it. They're not going to offer. I think they're going to wait till the Super Bowl actually happens. I could be wrong on that. I could be dead wrong on that. But if in fact they want to interview Shane Steichen, wouldn't you wait? I, I mean, of course I think you, you would. Could, you could interview him they have this, Friday. You, you could interview him today if you wanted. Okay, uh, I guess what I'm saying is, again, you, you'd want to talk to Shane Steichen. Yeah. You'd want to do that and interview him. So maybe that's what they're waiting for. I don't know. I mean, the Colts are talking to him tomorrow, I believe. Uh, I mean, the Colts, to be fair, have talked to everybody, and they're doing it three times. I, you know, even when I say maybe the Cardinals don't want Brian Flores, the thing is it doesn't seem like the Cardinals want anybody that's out there right now. Fallout Boy is heading to Talking Stick Resort Amphitheater for their So Much for Dust Tour, June 30th. Tickets just went on sale. You can win a pair now by visiting the contest page on ArizonaSports.com. When we come back, what is the future of DeAndre Ayton as the Suns trade deadline looms? More and more people nationally are weighing in, and they're kind of leaning towards what you have been saying, Wolf. That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, welcome back to the show. It is Wolf and Luke. We're trying to figure out how to give stuff away in here and uh, and let you, the listener, <laughs> pick who the Cardinals' next head coach is going to be, but... Just Wolf and I kind of trying to come up with the ideas during the break is uh, it's very half baked at best. Let's um let's get to basketball and let's get to the trade deadline in less than a week. And let's see here, Wolf. I'm going to play. I got two clips here from the Bill Simmons podcast. Uh, they just put it out yesterday. I was listening driving in. Okay, and this certainly leans more towards what you have been predicting than what I have been predicting. I am of the mindset that DeAndre Ayton's probably not going to be on this team in a couple years, but um, but I don't think anything's happening in the next week, let's say. I think they're going to see what happens in the playoffs this year. And look, if you go on a deep run and DA is a big part of it, then maybe he never gets traded. 
you've been of the mindset of, you know, if you're going to trade them, what are you, what are you waiting for? Maybe they would do it right now. So, it's just a guess. It really is. It's just a guess. It's not a prediction. It's just looking at it, knowing what I know, and saying, okay, do you think the clock is ticking on DeAndre Ayton being here? Do you think the Phoenix Suns want to trade DeAndre Ayton? I think that is the best place to start. Do you think they want to move DeAndre Ayton? I say yeah, yes. I do. I do. Um, and I don't, but again, I'll, I'll say the caveat. I don't know that they want to move him right now. They might. I'm starting to come around more to, to that. But I, I do think ultimately they would like to trade him. And part of the reason why is because of things like that story out of Canada yesterday from TSN. It says Toronto was close to acquiring DeAndre Ayton from Phoenix in a side and trade last summer, according to a source. Perhaps there's a deal to be made with the Suns, who are said to be one of OG Ananobi's many suitors, unquote. It's not the first time we've heard that. You know, we, we've, we've heard in the past rumblings, okay, yeah, the Suns were close to a deal here. They wanted to deal. It's not constant. It's not like the Jay Crowder stuff because he's obviously getting dealt. But it just struck me seeing that story. And, you know, you think back to how they kind of had to be pushed to extend him in the offseason with, with the max deal. And that stuff doesn't happen if you're Devin Booker. There's never a, well, you know, the Suns were close to trading Devin Booker to it's whoever, Minnesota. a couple. No, they weren't. That stuff never comes out. I don't think they're like, we got to get rid of D.A. But I think if you are another team and you're like, I want D.A., you could easily persuade the Suns into it. That's where I am on this now. Listen, DeAndre Ayton is a good player, and you're paying him like he's a great player. Would you agree with that statement right there? Uh, yeah. He's a good player. And again, um, I do not mean to throw mud at DeAndre Ayton in any way, shape, or form. But he's never going to be the physical presence. He's never going to be that physical force that I was hoping he was going to become. And I think the Phoenix Suns over the last four years have really focused on trying to bring it out of him and hoping that he was going to become more physical, that he was going to be that guy. He was going to become more aggressive. I think they've been trying different ways to pull it out of him. And I think we're at a point right now where I do believe they're taking phone calls on DeAndre Ayton, and maybe we've been focused a little bit too much on Jay Crowder. They got a max player that is underachieved. I, I, you know, I, I think that is that is a statement that is true. They have a max player that allows them to win more games by percentage when he doesn't play. <laughs> Yeah, think that's, about that. that's a weird number. That's, that's, <laughs> it's I hard mean, to argue yeah, with that stat because it's there, that. yeah. That's that's the most condemning of well, all. Well, the reason that, that to me is condemning is it's not – I don't look at that stat, and I don't remember the exact numbers now, but the winning percentage is definitely higher over the last two years when DA's not in the lineup than when he is. And I don't look at that and say, oh, they're better when DA's not there. I don't look at it that way, but I look at it as I think the Suns maybe do and say – we can certainly win with DA, though. You know what I mean? He's not integral to sure. them winning. I'm going to play this clip for you because it kind of gives a sense of the national view, maybe, on DeAndre Ayton's value. Now, to set this up, this is the Bill Simmons podcast I was talking about. You had Kevin O'Connor on. You had a couple other people, Chris Ryan, Rob Mahoney. And what they were doing was they were basically coming up with fake trades, but fake trades that that are realistic. You know what I mean? It's not, hey, the Suns are going to trade Jay Crowder for yes. Giannis. And Simmons' podcast is predominantly a basketball podcast, and he's fairly hooked up around the league. So they were just coming up with different ideas. So the trade that was proposed from Kevin O'Connor, I don't think in a million years would ever happen because it's way too big. 
But I'm going to play it for you just to get your reaction to how they value DA. My idea Mm. is to save the Phoenix Suns. Aiden and two first round picks in the future to the Raptors for Fred Van Vliet and OG Ananobi and then Jay Crowder and Dario Saric to the Hawks. Finally, they were able to move John Collins. So he has two trades there, but set aside yes. the J for a second. Right, exactly. So what it was, it was DA and two first round picks yes. for OG Ananomi and Fred Van Vliet. Sold. I know you're sold. <laughs> I know sold. You're sold. Uh, let me let me do the follow up here. This is Chris Ryan and Rob Mahoney from the same podcast. Seems like DeAndre Ayton would be the perfect high usage player on a tanking team in Toronto, and it seems like that would just be a really suitable home for him to kind of get his game back together. And you could also see Messiah Jury being like, "I I'm betting on this guy. I think that there's more to his game than like living under Chris Paul's thumb." And and maybe it's just a a coaching and 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 a situational problem, not like his own talent. I think you're right on there, Chris. And plus, it's important to remember Toronto liked DeAndre Ayton during his free agency. They weren't the team that was right there. That was the Indiana Pacers. But now with Indiana re-signing Miles Turner, you know, for a two-year extension. If you're thinking about potential deals, there's been reports over the past month about the Suns like Fred Van Vliet. This past week, uh, out of TSN, the Suns like OG and Anobi. So if you're connecting dots there, perhaps there could be something to work out there. Even if, Bill, I agree with you, Aiton's value is diminished considering how poorly he's performed this year after signing that long-term extension. Um, but at the same time, like he's still young. And, and if you're the Raptors, maybe you're betting on him in a brand new situation and getting some draft capital back in return. Maybe you end up getting an extra pick in that too. That is it right there. There's a lot there. That's what I'm talking about. There's always somebody when they look at DeAndre Ayton because of his incredible talent. And he is. DA, you are an incredibly talented dude. There's always going to be somebody that thinks they'll be able to take DeAndre Ayton and get him to the next level. You can fix him. Look at how talented this guy. Look at his raw, overt physical gifts. Yeah, we can fix him. We can coach him up. We can make him better. We can win with him. There's always going to be somebody out there that believes that right now. And a lot of it's got to do with his age. He still is a young guy, relatively. The the only reason that I could be talked into there's a possibility he would get traded in the next week. And again, I don't think I don't think that's the case. I, and I wouldn't. I would run it. Let's let's see what you can do. Let's get everybody healthy. Let's make a run in these playoffs and see what you have. This is why I'm I'm all for if you can if you can trade for Ananobi or somebody like that without giving up any of your five starters. You sort out the financial ramifications this summer after you see who actually performed in the playoffs. But where I think there's some credibility to the idea that he might get dealt or at least be in conversations is we know Indiana likes him. We know Toronto likes him. We don't know really who else truly likes D.A. You can't trade him to Indiana until the summer. You can trade him to Toronto right now. And if Toronto is going to blow up their team, they're going to do it right now. That's that to me is the one point where you're right. Like maybe we need to at least look at this instead of just only looking at Jay Crowder, because if Toronto's like. This isn't working. We're getting, we're setting Fred Van Vliet to the Lakers, or we're setting uh, OG Ananobi to the Suns, and whoever else. I mean, all of these guys except Siakam and Scotty Barnes have been talked about. Gary Trent Jr. too. If they're doing that and they want DA, you're not going to be able to trade him to Toronto in the summer because they're not going to have any pieces left. Do you think the Suns want to trade DA? That is a question you have to ask yourself first, and the conversation starts with that question, and then you proceed. 
But you have to answer that one first, I believe. I think unless they win the title this year, he's not on this team in two years. And maybe he's not on this team in seven months. They win the title this year. Obviously, all bets are off. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back lost in all of this Cardinals talk. They have the third overall pick in the Combines in like a couple weeks. What would you do with it? We'll look at the history and play around of uh, trade or stay next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Trade or stay. With the third pick in the NFL draft. The Arizona Cardinals select. Wolf and Luke look at NFL draft history and decide what the Cardinals should do at number three. All right, we got a, a different way to look at the potential options here for the Arizona Cardinals when the actual draft comes up. Okay. Take a break from talking coaches here for a little bit. And maybe, Wolf, by us looking the other direction, that will induce the Cardinals to hire a coach in the next 10 minutes. Who knows? I see. Seems unlikely, though. But they do have the third overall pick in the draft coming up. And you do have Monty Austinfort, who comes from an organization that likes to take one pick and turn it into three other picks, right? That's right. So here's how we're going to do this. Maloney put together the... Uh, she put together a list of like who the third overall pick has been in the last, I don't know, I think we have 10 drafts. We're not going to get through all of them here. We'll play it again in another week or so. Okay. So I'm going to fire off the draft capsules, a couple of them. We're going to talk about if you knew the player was going to become who this guy has become, would you keep the pick or would you trade the pick? Oh, I see. Yeah, so we're, we've got a little bit of history here. If you knew this guy who was drafted number three overall was going to be the way that he was and have success the way that he did, would you trade the pick or stay right where you are? I see. Basically, the benefit of hindsight being 2020. We <laughs> can look you. back at the 2017 draft and say, okay, this is who got taken. Would you rather have that player or a bunch of picks in the in I love response? It. Okay, beautiful. Let's start. Uh, you know what? Let's start with the one that a lot of draft day trades are measured by. Okay, third overall pick, twenty twenty one. Remember this? This is of course Trey Lance. Trey Lance, quarterback, North Dakota State. Lance dazzled in two seasons with North Dakota State. He's a film junkie with a high football IQ and is built like an NFL quarterback. And it's not just his skill in the pocket, but his ability to constantly keep defenses guessing. He takes care of the football, rarely taking the bait from zone defenders, but he's also very good at getting defenses to jump. When he's in trouble, he has the speed to get out of danger. He doesn't possess as many reps as his draft competition does and he may struggle with decision making but he is young enough to only get better as the years go on nfl comp bills quarterback josh allen all right the reason we're starting with him it's kind of simple well just as a as a reminder san francisco gave up their first round pick was a swap in 2021 right yeah their first in 2022, their first in 2023, and a third rounder just to move up to take Trey Lance. So that is an illustration of how desperate teams may be yes. that are calling the Cardinals and like, we got to have C.J. Stroud take everything. Yes. This is a classic example. I, I, I thought maybe you used this example because it really does clarify how easy this is. We're trading that, right? Yes. We're not yes. staying. Yes, 100%. We're not, yes, I'm trading that. I'm not staying there and taking Trey Lance at number three. You see how easy that works, Mason? That was easy. That was easy right there. I still, the kid is a good kid, but man, 
that that may go down as one of the worst ever trades. And yet, think of the success the 49ers have had. That is truly amazing. Despite making that trade. And I have this article, too, that goes through. I think I've referenced it once before, but they... um they reference what became of those picks that the 49ers traded away, right? And, and they obviously none of these guys ended up, or not, I shouldn't say that, but not all of these guys ended up on Miami. But like that 2021 first rounder ended up being Micah Parsons. That was pretty good. I mean, San Francisco could have just stayed there and taken Micah Parsons. Micah. <laughs> San Francisco with Micah Parsons. That's pretty good. They might have won on Sunday without a quarterback. Uh, <laughs> you see, the 2022 first rounder was the uh, pick that Miami traded for Tyreek Hill. Okay. So uh, Miami did pretty well with this. What's your point, I'm just saying, as somebody who really wants the Cardinals to just take Will Anderson and then go ahead and trade that your early second-round pick for a bunch of picks and trade all your other picks for a bunch of picks, there is an argument to be made for trading the number 3 overall pick down because we may see some desperation from some of these other teams. I love that right there. Okay, so that was number one. Player number one in trade or stay. Okay, I got another one for you. We'll go all the way back to 2013. Okay, 2013 base in audience. The third overall pick in the 2013 draft was Deion Jordan. Oh, the kid from Oregon, right? Yes. How about that? So knowing what you know now, and here's the draft profile. Deion Jordan. Defensive end. Oregon. Jordan is 6'6 and almost 250 pounds and possesses a rare blend of length, speed, and athleticism. Coaches praise his work ethic and practice habits. He might need a few more reps than the average player at his position, but once he gets the concept, he retains it very well. Jordan is a work in progress. He does have natural playmaking instincts and has a good feel for attacking blockers and how to keep them off his body. Has elite pass rushing potential and is also surprisingly fluid and aware in coverage. Jordan needs to sense when to gear down in order not to outrun the play and will also get caught peeking inside on occasion when having edge responsibility. This one's interesting from a different perspective, Wolf, because this is more realistic. If the Cardinals stay at the third pick, they're taking Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. They're taking one of them, right? So you're taking a defensive player. So there you go right there. Deion Jordan back in 2013 was viewed as one of the best defensive players in the draft. But now knowing what you know now, and I'm not saying you're going to get three firsts in a, in a third, like the, uh, the the Trey Lance trade. And I think RG3, that was to move up to number two, but that was three firsts uh, in a second back way back in 2012. But if you're getting even like two firsts in a high second, I don't know, man. Maybe maybe you don't stick for the, the potential dominant defensive player. Yeah, as I recall, Deion Jordan, of course. Yeah. Um, when he was at Oregon, he was a late bloomer. Yeah. He was a guy that really took off his last year that he played there. And I remember there were people saying, warning, warning, warning. This guy's a flash in the pan. And yet he's so talented. And he was. His frame, his stature, his gifts athletically off the charts. And because of that, they drafted him number three overall. And I'm trading that. Yeah, for sure. And, and that the reason I like that is because it is a it's an example of taking one of the best defensive players in the draft. I think he was the first 
defensive player off the board. And that was a weird draft. Eric Fisher was the first pick. But yeah, Deion Jordan was the first defensive player off the board that year. You figure this draft goes Bears take Will Anderson or Jalen Carter. Uh, Houston takes a quarterback, either Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. And then, with that third pick, you're either taking Will Anderson or Jalen Carter, or teams are calling you because they want Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. So that's just kind of a an example of, could you maybe just move down and get another good defensive player and add a few other picks? Now, Will Anderson and Jalen Carter yeah. are flashes in the pan. Yeah. I just want to know what kind of boatload is out there for the Arizona Cardinals. Isn't that right, Monty Austin Fort? What kind of boatload is out there that you could actually harvest? There's going to be one. There's going to be one. That is going to be really interesting. So, two names you brought up right now and two traits, correct? Yeah, we'll do more uh, in the future. I, I'm well, not going to do them today, but we've got a whole list of these we're going to run through at some point in the, in the weeks leading up to the draft. Four-time Super Bowl champion NFL legend Rob Gronkowski is bringing Gronk Beach to Talking Stick Resort February 11th. That's just over a week away. Gronk will bring his infamous end zone dance moves along with hip-hop star 21 Savage, Lil John, and much more. Head to the contest page on ArizonaSports.com for your chance to win tickets and complete event details. That <laughs> Gronk, Lil John, Twenty One Savage. Regardless of who the much more is, that's going to be a party and more. Uh, when we come back, the Suns have zero players headed to the NBA All Star Game. Should Devin Booker care? Do you care on Devin Booker's behalf? That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Welcome back to the show. It is Wolf and Luke on a Friday morning, heading into that like weird week before the Super Bowl week, the weekend before the Super Bowl. Um, but we got the NBA All Star rosters officially announced yesterday. The reserves and everything, and uh, no Devin Booker, which means no member of the Phoenix Suns will be there, at least as it stands right now. And there's, you know, there's always possibility somebody drops out. I would think Booker would probably be on the short list to go if that were the case. I'll say this. Well, if there have been years where it was ridiculous that Devin Booker had to get in as as an all-star reserve, or there were just years where it was ridiculous that he was being overlooked. It was ridiculous yeah. when the first fan vote came out this year, and he was ahead of Austin Reeves in the voting. Like, okay. <laughs> People, like, watch some basketball or, or just don't vote. Um I'm not upset that he's not there, man. He's missed a lot of games this year. He really... I don't think Devin Booker's probably all that upset that he's not there. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's the one thing about it. And I stand and I applaud Book for this. I don't think Book cares either. <laughs> I don't. Um, I'm I think sure he'd go if he got... Asked. I was going to say, I'm sure he doesn't mind getting recognized as one of the best in the league, but I think he's so past all-star snubs. I, I do. I think he knows he's got bigger fish to fry, metaphorically speaking. He's about winning as a team and not winning as a player. And I love that about Book. I also, and I'm sure this has been brought up, I just haven't really heard it much. I don't hate the idea of him having a break for All-Star Weekend. (laughs) I I really don't. (laughs) It's a great point. So they've played, the Suns have played 53 games and he's missed 24 of them. 
And look, I was I was that guy 25 or 6 games ago or whatever that was like, "Hey, this guy should be an MVP consideration. He's not load managing. He's he's playing pretty much every night in a year where a lot of the top players are load managing, uh, but now he's missed a ton of games. So I just the pushback if you are if you are upset by this, I get it. Is you look and you say, "Okay, well Devin Booker's played 29 games. Why is Jaron Jackson Jr. there? He he's, you know, he's good." <laughs> but he's played 35 games. Sure. So, I mean, Devin Booker's definitely better than Jaron Jackson Jr., yeah. and they've played about the same amount of games, give or take. And Zion's only played 29 games. So, it just, I, I get if you're a Suns fan, you're like, it seems like every tiebreaker goes against the Suns in these situations where you're like, okay, you can take Zion. Well, Zion and Booker both have really good years. They haven't played many games. Or you can take somebody else that isn't as deserving because they've played a few more games. Yeah. I think the biggest thing for me is I look at these rosters, and I could I could find you a couple guys that probably shouldn't be there. But I could also find you guys that didn't make it that probably should be there over Booker right now just because they've played 20 more games yeah. than he is. No, I'm right with you on like that Darren one. Fox. Um, I mean, the fact he missed 24 games, I'm a believer that a player should be voted an all-star on he should be voted an all-star based on what he has done, production during the season. Not seasons previous, production during that season right there. And, you know, I think Devin Booker would be the first one to tell you right now, he's missed 24 games, to your point. And because of that, he doesn't deserve to go. I think an all-star should be a guy that is producing and playing in the vast majority of games up until the all-star game is played. That's why you're voted an all-star for that season. Not seasons past, for that season. See, in in a perfect world, that's right. The problem, if you're a Suns fan, is you're like, boy, it sure seems like they find a way to bend those rules for players on other teams. And Jaron yeah. Jackson has missed a ton of games this year. What is he averaging? Like, he's. I think his numbers are actually worse than DAs. Like, it's not like, <laughs> it's not like he's having some amazing... He's averaging 16 and a half uh, points and... Not even seven rebounds a game. Well, who's bending the rules? Who's bending the rules? I don't know. Right. Well, I it mean, just, it feels fans. like fans. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. So he's only, he's not even averaging seven rebounds a game. I was already shaking my head at the Jaron Jackson Jr. edition. And now, on top of the whole controversy from like a weekend ago that they were inflating his stats, they've inflated them to less than seven rebounds a game. Yes. Either way. Um, if you're the Suns, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world to have that that weekend off. If you're Devin Booker, I know you've had a bunch of time off. And, and don't get me wrong, if Zion can't go and Zion hasn't played in forever, and they are like, okay, Devin Booker should be here, then by all means, 100%, it's going to be great. Um, I think the other part, if you're a Suns fan, is you look at this and you're like, okay, there's 24 players. You still wonder... If everybody was just fully healthy and played the way they were yeah. playing, if Booker would have even gotten recognized in that regard. And he absolutely should be in that case. Like oh, he, I, he was I one of the 10 he, best players. There's no doubt about it. Um, he's averaging over 27 points a game. Uh, yeah. Now, Devin Booker, I think, would have been an easy choice right now. I think it's just because of his injury situation. It's why he didn't get even picked as a reserve. He didn't. It's to me. It's just an injury situation with Devin Booker, and I don't think Devin Booker really cares. Book is one of the best players in the basketball universe. That much we know. That's all I care about. He doesn't need an All Star vote, an All Star appearance, for him to actually know that he's one of the best basketball players in the universe. And that's what I love about it. And that's the comforting part about this. I don't think it's going to impact him one iota. He should get. He should have gotten votes just based on that New Orleans game 
alone, where he put up 58 <laughs> and they won 118 to 114 in overtime. Uh, some of the other players on these teams, the starters for the Western Conference, Steph, Luka, LeBron, Zion, and uh, Jokic. Ah, Jokic, the only guy who isn't known on a first-name basis starting for the West. For the Zion. East, Zion. Zion. And Zion might not play. Zion has been out for a while. And New Orleans, by the way, if you looked at what New Orleans is doing, losing every single night. Like, New Orleans has dropped, what did they, they are now, they've lost 10 in a row. Pelicans have lost 10 games in a row. They are a fringe, like, miss the playoffs team right now. That is, you know what, would you feel badly if they did? No. (laughs) No, I wouldn't. (laughs) I'm looking great. My my two teams to to, uh, be there at the end of the season in the Western Conference were the Suns and the Pelicans, and they're both in the play-in tournament, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, but I feel so much better about the Suns. I feel so much better about them being able to overcome their issues going forward and Devin Booker getting right and coming back and playing and being all that and a bag of chips. The only question mark I have right now is the trade deadline. What is going to happen and what is not going to happen? The, the Jay Crowder thing, they're going to get something for Jay Crowder. I have no idea what that something is going to be. Nobody truly does. They're going to get something for Jay Crowder, and that is going to happen before the trade deadline. That much, I feel I feel 100%. Am I going to say that? 100% Just say confidence. 100%. That he's going to get moved. Having said that, though, you know, what about D.A.? What about this DeAndre Ayton, the, the rumors that are out there right now? What about him? Is he going to be here? What What can they possibly get in return for DeAndre Ayton? What can they? And how's that going to impact this team going forward? Because I think their best days right now, we'd all agree, their best days as a team are ahead of them. And that's what I care about more than anything else. And it lines up, not coincidentally, it lines up with D. Book coming back and getting right and being Devin Booker. We didn't get to talk about this uh, trade with you yesterday, but did you, the Ringer put out, what was it? I forget what the title of the story was. It was five NBA teams that need to make a trade before the deadline, okay? Yeah. So I'm setting aside the J stuff because that's going to happen. Um, where I'm kind of interested now is I'm starting, just the more I hear James Jones talk and the more stuff you hear around the league and the more stuff people say behind the scenes a little bit, it sort of feels like the Suns are very open to making a second trade beyond Jay Crowder or a a Jay Crowder trade that is bigger than just, hey, Jay yes, for a role player. right? And that, to me, involves first-round picks. And that that involves like you're adding a guy to... Maybe not your starting lineup, but he's your sixth man and he's playing 30 minutes a night. You know what I mean? So that, that is a, that's a much bigger deal. The, uh, the five teams that they had on the, on the ringer, one of them was the Suns and their proposed trade was Suns get OG Ananobi, Toronto gets Jay Crowder, Dario Saric, and three unprotected first round picks, 24, 26, and 28. Now again, that's not, that's not like a rumor that that's going to happen, right? But that is based in a lot of of what's being said behind the scenes right now. That that would be something maybe both teams would be interested in. It's no secret the Suns are interested in Ananobi. Yeah, like that's that's not. <laughs> would you do that? I think I would, because Crowder is, is a throw in at this point. Sharich, I mean, I like the guy, but he's replaceable and he's not signed. I don't. He's not signed past this year. Yeah. So the three unprotected first round picks should not be the first two shouldn't be very good picks. Now you're you're running that risk in 2028 that you're bad and that's like the number 6 pick in the draft or something. But how old's Devin Booker going to be in 2028? He's going to be like 30. 
Yeah. He'll still be good at basketball. <laughs> He's still going to be really, really good. You go for it now. You go for it now. Would you do that? Would you? Do I, I would do that, trade because you're, you're not giving away any any of your starters, and you're adding OG and Anobi. I like the other one you said earlier. Remember the, that one? The right huge there? one. That... Fred Van Vliet <laughs> and OG. Okay. But you're giving up a starter in that one. Well, you're giving up DA. Well, he's a starter. Oh. I don't want to give up a starter. Not just a starter, it's DA. Yeah. I want to. I want... And some draft picks. And Two some number draft ones, picks. right? Yeah. I'd yeah. still do it. That's... Sold. All right. Uh, what coach will get Kyler Murray right? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.